0: I do believe that the Holy Spirit has something to say to us through this message, and you're all family. This is what I tell myself. It's like, I'm not. this is not some performance. I'm just getting up here to share some things, more things with you uh, from my heart, and give some testimonies. We're going to hear a few testimonies about um, people's experiences with the baptism of the Holy Spirit, and the power of it, and what, has been, what that gift has been helping them uh, in their life. And so, uh, let's just pray. Holy Spirit, we are... In your presence, Father God, you know, we worship you this morning in spirit and in truth and in song. It was beautiful. And your presence is here with us this morning. And I'm asking you to speak through me, Lord. I I pray that people hear you through the scriptures, through the things that I say. Lord, I pray you break it apart and make it bread for them, food for their spirit. Lord, that their spiritual ears can hear. And then most of all, Lord, as people hear They are not just hearers, but they're doers of the things that you're showing them in their heart. Because the doers, you say, your promises, it's the doers that are blessed. And so we thank you, Father, for the things that you'll be doing and speaking this morning in this message. In Jesus' name, amen. And the other thing is we will uh, not have PowerPoint up on Scripture, or Scripture up on PowerPoint. So if you have an electronic device, get it ready. Or if you need a Bible, we do have some... Raise your hand if you'd like a paper Bible. One of the ushers will hand one to you. Because you will want to follow along. It's important that you put your eyes on uh, the Word of God. So important. Um, And if anybody likes to do PowerPoint and would like to help us with PowerPoint, because we have some people on vacation right now out of town. And so when the fewer people we have, the less opportunity we have to have things like PowerPoint ready. so if you'd like to help us with PowerPoint, see me after the service sometime. So open your Bible to Proverbs chapter three. We're just going to we will start there. You know I'm going to be sharing, again, like I said to you, uh, about the baptism of the Holy Spirit. And I was baptized and filled with the Holy Spirit. I'm going to open up to Proverbs here too. About 33 years ago, I had a count. Last night, as I was thinking about this, I thought, when did that happen? About 33 years ago, I asked the Holy Spirit to fill me, baptize me. Uh, Pastor Steve and I had grown, each grown up going to traditional churches, denominational churches. I was Catholic. He was Lutheran. Uh, all of our lives, I mean, he grew up as a small child, so did I, going to church every week. Uh, it was just a part of our lives, but we never, neither one of us really ever heard anything specifically about the baptism of the Holy Spirit, or even the Holy Spirit. We knew that he was part of the Trinity, that Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, uh, but never heard much about his work in our lives, specifically who he is, and the fact that you're born of the Spirit of God, and now we're supposed to be led by the Spirit of God. That was all new information to us until we got into reading the Word of God. I mean, I had a basic understanding of salvation— but again, not any understanding of who the Holy Spirit was in me as a child of God or that I should be paying attention to Him as though there was a teacher on the inside of me and a guide and a helper. I, I didn't understand that. I just And I think many people are like that. They have an understanding of salvation, but it's like, now I just somehow try to be good and try to make it through life and hopefully God's pleased with my life. But there's so much more than that. Um, so for the most part, I live my Christian life just acknowledging God. I knew he was there. Somebody said to me, I mean, I didn't even understand the term born again at first because as a Catholic, they don't really use that term. But I thought, I know Jesus is on the inside of me. Um, But I was living mostly just according to my own understanding. Amen? (laughs) I had no working knowledge of Scripture. And of course, that's a huge hindrance. (laughs) any personal spiritual growth. If you have no knowledge of scripture, then you're just taking yourself on a walk somewhere. You think God's with you, but the only way to know God accurately is to read his word. And so um, knowing about God is very different than knowing God personally. I mean, you could know about your neighbor down the street. You could know their name. You can know where they live. You can know how many children they have, maybe where they work. But you don't really know that person personally. You don't know their thoughts. You don't know the intimate part of their life. And so, you know, once you begin to know God more personally through the word of God, there's this fellowship and companionship that we're meant to have with him. And that happens on the inside of our heart. And these things are some, they're spiritual. So they're, they're not exactly easy to understand at first. You know, like you were saying, ooh, is it spooky? Is it? Am I supposed to feel? The Bible calls it an inner witness that the Holy Spirit dwells on the inside of you, and every true born-again believer has a witness of the Holy Spirit living on the inside of them. I, I believe that because, and once you know God more personally, there's this fellowship and companionship that happens on the inside, and as you obey those leading. See, as you start reading the Word of God and you obey the leadings, life transformation begins to happen. If if you look at your life, if you say you're a follower of Christ, but you don't really read the Word of God or you don't see any real life transformation happening, then you have to ask yourself, am I really a follower? Because life transformation from the power of the Holy Spirit is really what our journey is about. Um, Because the Holy Spirit's work in us is all about leading us into sanctification. I mean, say, what's that word? Well, sanctification is to become more and more set apart for God, to become more and more like Jesus. You know, somebody that becomes more devoted, not drifting and colder (laughs) Sanctification is the Holy Spirit saying, I want you to go deeper to know me, deeper in obedience, deeper in love, deeper in trust. And so I remember discovering, this is why I had you turn to Proverbs 3, verses 5 to 8. And, of course, I'm reading out, I don't know which translation this is. This is probably NIV or something here. But it says, trust in the Lord with all your heart. And do not lean on your own understanding. Verse 6. In all your ways, acknowledge him. Some of your translations might say submit to him. And he'll make your path straight. Be not wise in your own eyes. Fear the Lord and turn away from evil. It'll be healing to your flesh and refreshment to your bones. So, you know, I, saw, I knew that I wanted more of God. And if I I saw in this scripture that if I wanted him to direct my path. And I'd have to make an honest effort to begin to obey this scripture. To lean on him more. To acknowledge him more. Submit to him more. When I'm making decisions. When I'm thinking about myself. I could move over out of the driver's seat of my life, if you will. Quit trying to figure everything out on my own. Because that's what it says. Don't lean to your own understanding. Quit trying to figure it all out. Quit trying to rely so much on everything that you think. And and if you're logical, and I'm I'm kind of a logical person, you know, I wanted to see the outcome before I took the step. It's like if I knew if I took a step, what would happen, then I could do it if I could see it. But the Lord would often just say, take a step, and then you'll see. It's like, I don't like that. I want to see it, and then I'll move towards it. That's a lot easier, isn't it? Yeah, Yeah. it's a lot easier. And it wasn't, you know, that was 31 years ago when these scriptures started to come alive. And I remember it wasn't an easy flip of the switch to just go, well, now I'm going to go from living from my own understanding to not leaning on it and just trusting in the Lord. How many of you had a problem with that? Stopping leaning on your own understanding when God is asking you to do some things that don't make sense or that feel risky. I mean, every time Jason gets up and, and says something about tithing, I know that's a place where most people. I mean, our money is kind of our you know it's our life connection because it's our food, it's our security, it's our home, it's everything. So it's like, don't touch my money. And so when you start, to, God starts to say. Trust me with your money. See, my own understanding would have said, yeah, but what if? I was plagued by what ifs. I don't know if you were like me, but I went through a long season of God dealing with me with my what ifs. If I do this to obey you, what if this? And it was always a what if in the negative. What if you don't come through? It was always putting God in the what if you don't do it. What if I obey you with my money and I don't have enough money? You know, what if I trust you uh, with my children and then they don't turn out the way I want? Or what if I, you know, trust you with my future? Because eventually, God, I was, a, I was a nurse at the time when all these things were coming alive. And I felt like God was saying, you're not called to be a nurse. You're called into ministry. And it was like, quit your job. And all the things that that meant to go without an income and to step out. What if my family thinks I'm crazy? What if my friends think I'm crazy? Because I'm leaving everything behind. I'm putting it all on the line for faith. To do what I feel like God's calling me to do as will. And so I always wanted this backup plan. You know what I mean? Because like, it always seemed like whatever God was calling me to do was like a free fall. Like, ah, if you don't come through, I don't know what I'm going to do. Like, what if we don't have enough money if I quit my job? And God was always trying to pull out the props, you know. Do you know how we do this? I remember I quit my job. And then they called me back to be a casual employee, you know. And it was like, well, that's not going to hurt. I just have a little bit of income. And I knew, I felt like the Lord was like saying, don't do this. <laughs> but I could not step out that far in faith. I just, my faith was not strong enough. And I the trust You know, I kept leaning to my own understanding. So I had this little prop here. You know, if I just have a little bit of extra income, then we'll be all right. I mean, eventually God pulled that prop out too. (laughs) Uh, But mind renewal like this and obedience to God and following the leading of the Holy Spirit doesn't happen overnight. Again, like I said, I went through several years of what I recognized was, man, I do a lot of what ifs. And it'll stop you from pursuing the will of God in your life. What if God doesn't answer that prayer? <laughs> no. Well, like I said, well, it plagued me. And, but then I started to learn. I felt like the Holy Spirit said, why don't you turn that question around? Because it was like my mind, my unrenewed mind kept asking it. And I felt like the devil was then jumping on it too to make me afraid. Why don't you turn it around and say, hey, well, what if, what if God actually shows up? What if he shows up? And what if he does answer that prayer? Right? I mean, what if what if I have the money? What if he brings me money and, and I have the money and I have more to give? What if that happens, devil? And, you know, here's the, here's the thing about it. It did begin to happen. Yeah. Once I started to not lean to my own understanding and obey, it just felt like, okay, I'm going to step out in faith. But I, it was my whole heart and mind, like it says, Trust me with all of your heart. It was like, well, what if God shows up? What if I step out and walk, go into quit my job and go into ministry and I find that I'm right smack in the middle of the will of God and He's pleased with me? What if that happens, devil? And, and it did happen. <laughs> and so, you are know, learning to walk by faith and stepping out, you are gonna feel. A little uh, things at risk. It won't feel, I mean, let's face it, walking on water, I don't know how that felt with Peter, but <laughs> it sometimes feels like God is saying, just fall back into my arm. Did you ever play that game as a kid? And it's like the kid behind you, it's like, you better catch me, or, yeah. you know, like, if you don't catch me. But I've often felt like that, like just let go and let God "Let just fall into my arms. And that was a really good way for me always to keep testing my own mindset. Like, am I really trusting you? Or do I have these props? Like, oh, well, if I fall this far back, I have a table here to lean on. <laughs> but it takes a lot of time. I want to share this with you, too, that learning to walk by faith and renewing your mind to the Word of God takes a lot of time. It takes a lot of effort. And a lot of personal determination, perseverance. Amen? Because we have a lot of strongholds in our thinking. You know, leaning to our own understanding about everything before we come to Christ. And then the Lord says, I want you to lean on my understanding. I want you to begin to obey these words instead of your own mind. And that does not happen by just flipping a switch. And You must make an effort. You must make an effort to read the Word of God if you want life transformation. And... Joining with people of like faith, I cannot express to you how important that is, because we spur one another on. You know, as we share our testimonies, we realize, oh, you struggle like this too, and you don't feel like God is just leaving you somewhere in the dark. You realize this is all the way this journey works, and so you persevere when you hear of other people's determination too. And of course, by doing these things, the blessing is that you're going to become a greater partaker. Of knowing God, knowing him deeper, knowing him more personally. And just become a partaker of everything that he's done for us in our salvation. I say this again. Our salvation is not just a ticket to heaven. So many people just minimize it down to, "Well, now when I die, I go to heaven. There's a whole plan and purpose for your life that is found in scripture. Okay, so there's a deeper purpose for your life. There's a, there's a destiny that you have in Christ to live out. That your natural mind cannot comprehend. <laughs> you and I need the help. We need the help of the Holy Spirit to have our eyes open to it. Turn to 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 9. 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 9. We need the help of the Holy Spirit to have our spiritual eyes open to it. Because your natural mind, Scripture actually says, cannot comprehend it. 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 9, it says, No eye has seen, and no ear has heard, and no human mind has conceived all the things God has prepared for those who love him. Now, if that were the end of the story, it'd be pretty, we'd be pre- I'll be pretty bummed. Because it's like, God's got all this wisdom and understanding that, hey, you know, you're out of luck because the human mind can never understand it like too bad so sad but just keep reading verse 10 but god has revealed them to us by his spirit for the spirit searches all things yes the deep things of god you see the holy spirit you know we serve a god who's a triune god god the father god the son god the holy spirit and the holy spirit each has a specific role you know, God the Father, I mean, just making it overly simplified, but God the Father, I would say, you know, is the creator and the designer of the whole plan. The creator and then the designer of the plan of redemption. And Jesus is the, the word of God. He's the, he's the person of the Trinity who carried it out. And then the Holy Spirit is the one who reveals. He's the one who's the, He comes with his power to reveal what this is all about. So see, it's impossible for us to understand it without acknowledging the Holy Spirit. So verse 10 of 2 Corinthians, or 1 Corinthians 2.10 says, But God has revealed them to us by his Spirit, for the Spirit searches all things, yes, the deep things of God. <laughs> That's an awesome scripture. It's like, I have the Holy Spirit on the inside of me, you, you do if you're born again. And he can search the deep things of God and begin to reveal these to me? Wow. Then look at verse 12. Now, we have not received the Spirit that belongs to the world, but the Holy Spirit who is from God given to us. Why? So that we just have a ticket to heaven? No, that we might realize, I'm reading, I'm, we might realize and comprehend and appreciate. The gifts of divine favor and blessing so freely and lavishly bestowed on us by God. Oh, my, my, my. We've received the Holy Spirit given that we, God wants us to comprehend and realize what we've been given. It says lavishly bestowed on us by God. He's a generous God. He's an open-handed giver God. He's redeemed us. He's made us one with him. I mean, just consider what this is saying. And in order for any of this to start to come alive to us, we have to approach this by faith and ask the Holy Spirit to help us. Right? I mean, because the Holy Spirit is the one who's going to take the things that we've been lavishly given. We've been adopted into God's family. We're called children of God. We've been given his righteousness. We've been given his holiness. We, we, we are called. We're gifted. These are things that we have to explore with the help of the Holy Spirit. I mean, you and I cannot make it through this life. We're not going to bear good fruit in this life and live in, as an overcomer in this life without purposefully drawing upon the help and the grace Of God that comes through the power of the Holy Spirit, because His God's grace, you know, is His favor towards us when we didn't deserve it. But it's like poured out. Where sin abounded, it said grace did much more abound. So there's so much for us to understand, who the Holy Spirit is and what He desires to do in and through us in the earth, and. You know, 33 years ago, I knew I was born again. I knew I had the Holy Spirit on the inside of me, but I, I wanted more. I, I, I pray, this is what we pray all the time for this church, that you want more. Don't be satisfied with where you're at. Sometimes it's easy to get there if you've walked with God a lot of years. It's like, well, I've been there, I've done that, I've heard that. <laughs> we have to keep ourselves stirred up in the things of God. But I did want more, and that hunger is a real blessing in your life. That's the other thing we pray for this church, that you would hunger and thirst for more for more righteousness in your life. So I remember just years ago, the Holy Spirit, I felt like he was drawing me to know more of him. That was that trust in the Lord with all of your heart. You know, and a few weeks ago, I shared my experience of being filled with the Holy Spirit, sitting in my office. Uh, at the time, I was a nurse and had an office. My desk was outside the nursing unit. And just that morning, I had a little book with me. And it was about knowing the will of God. Came to a chapter on the power of God, how to be filled with the Holy Spirit. And just sitting there at my desk, asked the Holy Spirit to fill me. I was so hungry to want more of God. And it was just like it, the, the prayer language just flowed out of me. I, I said I got up. I didn't want to quit praying because I, I shared an office with somebody. And so I, I got up and just went across the hall. There was a, a bathroom right across the hall. And I, you know, opened it up. And just it was just a one-stall bathroom, you know. And I stood there in front of the mirror and just... I was just overflowing. It was beautiful, wonderful, powerful, um, And it definitely changed my life. I look back from that moment on, there was a definite change in my life after being filled with the Holy Spirit. You know, As I read the Bible, it just seemed as though there was just gr- some greater understanding. It wasn't as though, oh, an angel came and appeared beside me and shone a light on my Bible. <laughs> but, I, but I did feel as though when I was reading, it was deeper. I could just feel the presence of the Holy Spirit deeper. My questions, and I could feel I could see that he was giving me answers with the more I'd read in the Bible. I began to see myself and the world just through a whole different lens. You know, that the word of God was coming alive to me. i be, you know, he began to show me just the truth, and I wanted more of the truth of who I was in Christ. There's a scripture that says, If any person be in Christ, he's a new creation. The old has passed away, the new has come, and, and all things are of God. Now, you could explore that scripture forever. If you're a new creation in Christ, how could your natural mind understand any of that? It's impossible. It's impossible. Don't think you do. You, you can't, you won't. <laughs> because the Holy Spirit is the revealer now of that truth. What does it mean to be a new creation? And when you start to approach things that way with God, uh, things start to happen. And so I just, you know, I just remember how much it helped me to understand these things. I remember talking to a friend on the phone about the things of God. She was a Christian, and I was just trying to explain to her all these things that were happening in my life. And she's like, geez, Mamie, you know, you just feel like you're really alive to God. I thought, after I hung up the phone, I thought, it's working, I, you know. It's like I, there is something that's noticeable because sometimes you're just feeling like it's natural to you in some ways. But it's a, the, the gift of the baptism of the Holy Spirit, we believe, through Scripture is a gift for everyone. Okay. And it, is, it can be, in the book of Acts, you sometimes see it not subsequent to salvation. You see it right along with salvation. You know, that they, they heard, they believed, and they began to speak all at the same time. And, but there's a public gift of the baptism of the or, or the gift of tongues. There are nine gifts of the Spirit that uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 12 speaks of. Nine gifts of the Spirit given as the Spirit wills. These are public gifts. The gift that, that that gift spoken of in that chapter, tongues and interpretation of tongues, that's speaking in tongues in a public way. If you do this, if I stood up here and gave a tongue, there should be somebody in here that ga- gives an interpretation. Otherwise, you don't just get up and speak in tongues. But, you can, but it is a, that's a gift given as the Spirit wills. But I believe, according to Acts 2, what happened on the day of Pentecost, and I believe it because I believe Scripture shows it, and we've been going through that for some weeks now. In Acts 2.38, if you want to turn there. Acts 2.38. On the day of Pentecost... When the Spirit of God was poured out, it said, on all flesh, and all 120 in that upper room were baptized and filled with the Holy Spirit and spoke in other tongues. And then you see this subsequently happen through the book of Acts. We were making our way through it. Acts 2.38, Peter said to the people, because they were like, what is happening? What? These people were hearing them praising God in their own native tongue. Peter said to them, "...repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ, for the forgiveness of sins." He's talking about salvation. "...and you shall receive the gift of the Holy Spirit, for the promises to you, to your children, and to all who are far away, as many as the Lord our God will call." And so the Lord our God is still calling. The private gift, this is referring to the private gift of being filled with the Holy Spirit... That's, for every, that's open and available for any believer who will ask. And it is interesting, we're going to have a few testimonies here, but it's interesting, um, in the book of Acts, in Acts chapter 19, the first thing the Apostle Paul asked the new disciples that were there in Ephesus, did you receive the Holy Spirit when you believed? <laughs> I could ask that to, to everybody here. Did you receive the Holy Spirit when you believed? And Acts 19, verse 1, I'm going to read it from 1 to 7 if you want to turn there. And then we're going to hear some testimonies. This is the Apostle Paul, again. He knew the power of the Holy Spirit, the necessity of the power of the Holy Spirit working in a person's life. And so in Acts 19, 1, and it says, And it happened that while Apollos was at Corinth, Paul passed through the island country and came to Ephesus. So Paul is going to the city of Ephesus, and there he found some disciples. And he said to them, Did you receive the Holy Spirit when you believed? And they said, No, we've not even heard there's a Holy Spirit. And he said, Into what then were you baptized? And they said, Into John's baptism. And then Paul explained, he said, well, John baptized with a baptism of repentance, telling people to believe in the one who was to come after him, meaning Jesus. So verse 5, on hearing this, they were baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. So now they're fully understanding salvation. And when Paul had laid his hands on them, the Holy Spirit came on them, and they began speaking in tongues and prophesying. And there were about 12 men in all. So these Ephesian believers, they believed in Jesus as Messiah, but they did not understand the significance of the work of the Holy Spirit. I mean, Paul didn't lay his hands on them to be born again. This is what I want you to see here. These were believers. They needed straightened out a little bit on their understanding of the doctrine that you know, they had repented, but they needed to be baptized in the name of Jesus, the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. But you don't lay your hands on somebody to bring salvation. Paul laid his hands on them to help them to be filled with the Holy Spirit. And when he did, it said the Spirit came on them, and they began speaking in tongues and prophesying. And so, did you receive the Holy Spirit since you believed? <laughs> I know many of you have, you know, but I want to I spend some time here having some People give testimony to their own experience to being filled with the Holy Spirit uh, to encourage you. Because if you have not, I would encourage you to continue to ask, seek, and knock. Because God says, when you ask, you'll receive. If you seek, you'll find. If you knock, the door will be open. And so, um, I need to get the handheld mic here. Who would like to go first? (laughs) <laughs> I have three people. You want to go, Pastor Ben? Hello, hello. Yes, test. Do you want me to? I'll sure. Stay on the side here with
1: you. Hi, I'm Pastor Ben. Um, <laughs> related. <laughs> yeah, believe it or not. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Do no, we, so do we look alike. Do we? <laughs> <laughs> yes, we do. <laughs> no, so obviously my my story is going to be a little bit tied into to Pastor Mamie's story, and it was about fourth and fifth grade that really fourth grade that we went from just walking down you know to the denominational church at the end of the street and going to services which i always liked i always thought it was fun you know they had the felt board you know got the toss stuff up on the felt board they had a little little store in there you could buy little little things that's why we got a store back there i'm just trying to relive my past constantly (laughs) that's all no but um So church was a part of our lives, but it was, it's about this fourth grade year for me that I noticed that my parents, there was this shift. And it was that they were constantly, everything was driven to the Bible. And they started listening to these new, these different, they were listening to cassette tapes by these, they were charismatic, charismatic people, especially Kenneth Hagin. And, um the The whole idea was is that it was kind of almost like you go to church and you're a Christian, but there's so much more that you can get out of this. And so I watched them. And I know they used it as an example, but I remember at one point it was just almost kind of like flabbergasting me. I come home from from wherever I was doing, and they're just sitting in the in the living room, just going da 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 about the Bible. And I'm like, Bible, 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 guys, it's all we talk about is the Bible. <laughs> So, I mean, like, I was in it, but it was still like, like okay, like, hey, can we pump the brakes? You know, even like for me, like, geez, what are we doing with all this? And I, they started going to this other church then. And I liked the church that we, we we started to go to, Abundant Life. And I liked the people. It was cool. You know, kids sort of all around my age, you know. But the the whole thing of the service was different. And I remember going there and people are like singing and they're raising their hands and I'm I'm in fourth grade, so some of it's just like, oh, okay. I mean, I'm used to going to the Orthodox, the Byzantine Catholic Church. and yeah. am like, well, that's there's a certain way you do things at that church that you do not do at the Lutheran Church, right? Yeah, I mean, I mean yeah. two different. So you go to this one, and they're raising their hands, people are all excited, and like clapping their hands, like, okay, well, this is what you do at this church, you know. To me, it's just like this is the new, this is the this is one in Rome, do it as Romans, right? <laughs> but my my parents were. I could tell that they were pressing into something that was different than the other churches that we went to. There was there was something different, but I didn't know what it was. I mean I'm in fourth grade, I can't really comprehend and understand all of it was. All I knew it was it had it, it was different and I felt it. I remember like distinctly like it was it was did it scare me? No. I i I I wouldn't say that it scared me, but it did intrigue me. It was like there's there's something different about all this. And I remember, I mean, I, I can't say that I recall, like, you being and dad, you know, th- trying to throw up praying in tongues. You know, I don't remember all of that. that My dad wanted the me. Holy Spirit so bad. <laughs> he was trying to make himself pray in tongues. He always made himself throw up trying to just, like, pray in tongues. He wanted it so bad. So, I mean, I didn't have, like, the. it wasn't like I was there, like, oh, mother, father, please bestow your knowledge upon yeah. me. You know, it wasn't anything like that. But we would start to go to these other little conferences. Yeah.
0: And we we weren't pushing it either. You weren't, and I think that yeah, we never pushed it on you. We just we prayed that you would desire, but we never.
1: Yeah, and I I remember asking questions, you know, and trying to figure out more about it, and you explaining it. But that's probably a really important point: is they never they never pushed it on me, and I so it was my own curiosity that kind of went to it. And we went to this one conference, I remember, and the all I remember is we drove a long way. The two key things I remember is I got filled with the Holy Spirit, but I also got McDonald's on the way home. And if you grew up with uh, Steve and Amy Ogle, it wasn't every day that you got McDonald's <laughs> whenever you're driving around, right? No, but we went to this conference, and they, they did zero. They didn't prep me. I mean, like for, hey, Ben, you might see some stuff happening here, you know, there might be, you know, people getting hands laid on them, somebody might fall over after that, you know, not a, there wasn't an explanation of it, you know, and you say, well, that's hokey, no, I'm going to tell you right now, that's not, and if you think it is, it's because your fear, in, in a natural inhibition, just like Pastor Mamie read out of First Corinthians, the natural mind can't latch on to it, you say, well, I can reason out a lot of things. Let me tell you this. The Pharisees literally memorized yeah. most of the Old Testament. Yeah. If there was a group of human beings that were more well-versed in all the things of God, you were not going to find them, and they still couldn't figure it out. Yeah. yeah, There's something to be appreciated and appraised to it that is beyond just what I can put on a piece of paper and weigh out and say, well, if this, then that, if this, yeah. then that. But I will tell you, after you've been filled, and if you want to go and do that, you'll find that it lines up so perfectly. But we go to this conference, and they're laying hands on people. And I I remember at the end of the conference, they just finally say, if you want filled with the Holy Spirit to speak in tongues, come up to the front. In the whole, the whole con- I just remember the, the the meeting that we were at. Like I could tell there was something different about all this. Like it was like, man, this is not like Grandma's church. This is certainly not like the Lutheran church. There is like, man, this is a. I want. It's, it's not that I said the word alive in my mind, but it was like, man, stuff yeah. is happening here.
0: It's the anointing of the Holy yeah. Spirit in the atmosphere. Yeah.
1: And I, and I didn't I didn't let myself be afraid of it, but whenever you ask that question, if you want more of God and you want. The Holy Spirit come up to the front. I remember looking, it's sitting bad, there and yeah. looking into my parents, I'm like, do I want that? Because like, <laughs> seems like this everything here is like going pretty well. Do I want that? And they're like, Well, yes. yeah, go for it. And, and and they I went up. Yeah. Went, Dad went, went up with you. Yeah. Yeah. And and, and and I remember standing in line. And so like the whole this whole idea of speaking in tongues, I had heard a little bit of it. I'd heard a little bit of them praying it. And got the general idea that it's, it's you making these words and that God comes and unites with you to make the prayer really happen. Of course, to a, a fourth grader, you're like, okay, cool. Like, yeah, you know right. what I mean? I mean, like, what am I going to do? Like, really get into the... you
0: explain it better. Yeah.
1: yeah. Pneumatology of it? No. So I'm watching people get their hand, hands laid on them and like, and, and, I'm, and I'm studying it, right? Because I'm like, well, what's going to happen whenever this dude gets to me? Because I'm watching him lay hands on one guy, and the guy, like, prays, and you see him, like, stagger back like that. I'm like, what? You know, and then lay hands on another person, and they just plop over. And I'm noticing, like, well, okay, that makes sense why the people are behind them. You know, like, <laughs> there's people catching them. <laughs> but I'm listening, too, because I'm trying to figure out, like, for me, I was that kid. I was that kid that, like, I would pretend that I'd done it before whenever I'd done never done it before. And I was that quick study of like, oh, no, 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 you can go ahead and go first. And I am like absorbing every last piece of detailed information that I can before I do it. Because I don't want to look like the guy that never did it. And I'm going to do my best to try to figure it out, right? So I am, I'm studying this guy laying hands on people and I'm listening to how what they sound like, right? And there wasn't, and and I noticed, like, everyone sounds different. And to me, it's just like, oh, you're just, it's like they're pretending to speak in a different language. You know, it wasn't like any one structured format that they were going through. But I noticed the guy, would he would say, like, be filled with the Holy Spirit and speak in tongues. And then sometimes, like, he would take a second and he'd come over close. Like, I remember this. So watching it come, and, like, as it comes closer, he gets, like, through the next person. I'm like, yeah, yeah, all right. Like, I'm getting this, I'm getting this, I'm getting this. And so he gets to me and I remember he cups, he cups his hands like on the side of my head. And he says, be filled with the Holy spirit, the name of Jesus. And whenever he did that, like I was like, all right, all right. You know, I'm like, and I'm waiting like, what happens now? (laughs) You know, (laughs) because like, and he just goes, he looks at me. I look at him and he just goes, well, let her rip. And I, and I assume like, Again, this is the, the guy that was like, I, I, I know what's going on, right? You know, I, I got this figured out. Let her <laughs> up. I'm like, I must, I just start talking like the other people then, right? And so then I did. And, but it was me. It wasn't like I felt this, oh, and then all of a sudden I had all these perfect words to come out. And I was like, you know, all the stained glass paintings of like, oh, no, nothing like that. I just started speaking in tongues. And well, what did it sound like? I got no idea. It probably sounded like gibberish. Probably did. And then he was like, all right. And he just moves to the next person. You know? And 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 I just kind of stood there because some people were, and I just prayed a little bit more. And I remember coming back and feeling like, oh, man, that was really cool. And and But what it did for me is my, my parents then encouraged me, pray in tongues, pray in tongues. Whenever you have time, pray in tongues. And so what I would actually do, we moved to Ramah shortly after that. And I had about a mile and a half walk to and from school. And they encouraged me, pray in tongues during your walk to and from school. And I would. And I noticed that whenever I started off, my prayer language was like, I almost said like the same thing. and sounded like over and over. But if you think about it, like whenever you're teaching a baby to speak, they only say the same thing over and over. But as they grow, they develop a language. And I noticed that that was the same way for me. So that 20-minute walk to and from school whenever I was in sixth and seventh grade, was just such a time for me to pray. And you say, well, what did it do for you? I'll tell you what, my sixth and seventh grade year in school were probably two of the hardest years in high school that I ever had. So it wasn't like all of a sudden like, bam, stuff happened. Oh, it was perfect. Everything was good. No, but you know what? Here's the beautiful thing is it says that whenever you speak in tongues, you're praying a prayer that the Spirit intercedes for you in ways that you don't know. So what I was praying for were things not just then, but into my future. My wife and I were talking about that, Mm man, even back then, we, we were probably praying for each other, you know, and not even knowing it. Yes. Because the Holy Spirit helps us in ways that we don't know. I mean, how many of you have been blindsided by problems in your life? Okay, three people, great. Everybody else, how, else how on earth you got that life, yeah. precognition? Please help me after service. <laughs> I need some help. No, but what it does is it, it, it prepares you because the Holy Spirit will give you insight into things that you would have never thought of. Yeah. And it was that day, it was me walking to school every day that really strengthened me and it opened up so many things for God that I would have never had in my life yeah. had I not had that. Yeah. So. That's awesome. Yeah. Thank you, Pastor Ben.
0: Now you're going to hear the, the better side, the happy, the Oh, you're so <laughs> sweet,
2: but I'm not sure that it's the better side. <laughs> You've raised a pretty amazing kid, or man, I should say now. I don't know, sometimes you're a kid. <laughs> All right, so my name is Amanda, and I am married to this wonderful man and the daughter-in-law of this wonderful lady, uh, Pastor Mamie, but um, I actually, if you have your Bibles, turn to Romans 8, uh, 5, but... So I did not grow up going to church. Um, we were what you would consider the, you know, the occasional holiday yeah. you know, Easter, Christmas, maybe, you know, if there wasn't something else going on. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I was always loved going to church, and I would actually find ways to stay the night at friends' houses that their parents required that if you stayed the night on a Saturday, you had to go to church with them on Sunday. So parents, I just want to say I am a testimony to letting your kids have somebody stay the night on Saturday night, no matter how inconvenient it is. Um, but I would actually look for those opportunities because there was something about when I was at church that there was there was peace, there was comfort, there was love. There was, there was something that was foreign to me that I didn't quite understand, but my spirit was hungry for it. So my senior year, uh, I gave my life to the Lord and... Um, I was hungry for God. I wanted something different than what I had seen in my life through seeing marriage after marriage fell, seeing abuse, seeing uh, teen pregnancy, seeing just life that I would look at and say, I don't want that. But having no idea how to get something different, um, only knowing what I knew. And I remember just hungry for God, like, I Just knowing that he could give me something different. And so I would just seek after him. And I wanted more of God any way that I could get it. And so I remember being at a service only a couple months later. And I would struggle with walking away from old habits. And I would desire God and desire the things of God and walk in that. But then I would turn around and make the same bad choices, the same bad decisions, and just feel guilty and just, ah, oh, on the inside. And just repented truly 100%. Like, God, I don't want to do this anymore. Um, and so I'm at a service. And I couldn't even tell you what it, was preached, what it was preached on other than that it was wanting more of God. And feeling like the Holy Spirit was just drawing me. And it was like, God, I do want more of you. I do want more of you, but I don't know how to obtain it. And so, you know, I was reading the word kind of a little bit. I had an idea that that was where I could get to know him a little bit more. Um, But so in the service, after the service, the minister says, well, come forward if you want more of God and you will experience more of God. You will know him more and you will be drawn closer to him. And I'm like, well, then that's me. And I felt like I probably ran to the front. (laughs) Not sure if I did or not. But um, the youth, the teenagers that I was with at the time, we kind of all went to the front. And I remember getting prayed for and the minister's wife coming over and laying her hands on me and praying over me. And she is praying in tongues. And I feel myself start to like get heavy in the spirit of God because when you are under the the power and the anointing of God, it's like your body can't stand up. And so there's like this shaking feeling of just like I can't stand, and I fall over, and I'm like, what just happened? And I got up, and I ran to the back. <laughs> I was like, no, nope, I don't know what that was. And fear just overtook me because I didn't understand. But I'm watching God move on all these different people's lives. And and people I know and people I don't know. And there's like a jealousy that rose up within me of like, they're getting more of God and I'm not. (laughs) And that desiring God, seeking after him to find him, regardless of the unknown, regardless of the fear that was being like kind of just overtaking me, actually caused me to go back up to the front. And I go up (laughs) to her and I'm like... I know I got up and ran. I'm really sorry. This is, but I do want more of God. And so she took time to kind of talk to me a little bit. And then she prayed with me again. And I immediately just began to speak in tongues and was filled with the baptism of the Holy Spirit. And at the time, I really still lacked knowledge and understanding of what that meant. Um, but right after that, I go to my car and what do I do? Bad habit, right? Because it was what I knew, this habit of when I get into my car, I light a cigarette. So I go to do that, and it was disgusting. I didn't like it. I didn't desire it. And in that moment, I couldn't tell you that it was the Holy Spirit at the time, but looking back, the Holy Spirit spoke to my heart, and it was like, you can desire me and the things of me, Or you can desire the things of the world. This is your choice right now laid before you. I have delivered you of this desire. But you can have it back. And in that moment, I had a choice. Do I want to continue this back and forth life? Or do I truly want to surrender to God? And I will say this, the baptism of the Holy Spirit helped with that. To truly desire him yeah. and have the desire to give up what I knew and what was comfortable, what was fun, or what I thought was fun. But I was willing to walk away from it. Yeah. And so I look at Romans 8, verse number 5, it says, Those who live according to the sinful nature have their mind set on what that nature desires. So even though I had given my life to God and I desired the things of him, there was this battle of my human nature that was at war with my, with my new life in Christ. But I felt like through the baptism of the Holy Spirit, the rest of that scripture came to be um, where it says, But those who live in accordance with the Spirit have their mind set on what the Spirit desires. And there was a shift. And my, it was like my spirit became more powerful than my flesh. Because I was now partnered with Christ. I was now partnered with the Spirit of God who was at work within me to begin to walk out the Word of God. And I can tell you the testimony that that took within my family. I was ungrateful. I was a brat. I was mean to my mom. I could look back and think like, oh my gosh, mom, I am so sorry for how I treated you. (laughs) I played my parents who were divorced against one another, and I was good at it. Sadly, um, but I changed. My character changed. Who I was changed, and it was noticed by my family. To the point where my mom was like, "I don't know what's going on, but you just keep doing that." Yeah. Even though she didn't understand it, she supported me when I made a decision to not go to college and instead go to a ministry training school, and. For where I did it for two years. She didn't understand it. She didn't know the Lord. She didn't understand it. But she was like, whatever this is, I can see a difference in you. So my encouragement is to you. If you feel like you were in this battle of going back and forth between fighting the sinful nature and fighting desiring the things of God. There is something about the baptism of the Holy Spirit that takes you over. It takes you over that edge. To not only desire God, but to truly walk this out. To be willing to lay down what you think you desire. And instead pick up his values. The things that he desires for your life. And it is amazing. It is amazing what happens in that. It really is. So I want to encourage you. Maybe you have been filled with the spirit, but you're not praying in the spirit. We can kind of get dull to it. If you're not praying in the spirit in these prayer meetings, when you were around other people praying in the spirit, it does get easier to hear yourself mm-hmm. because I used to think it was so weird. I would turn up the music really loud in order to pray in the spirit because I just was like, this is just too weird. And then I would gradually turn the music down. I mean, Obviously, it was worship music, but then I would kind of turn it down so that I could actually be a part of praying. But there was something that just helped me through that process, and that happens when you're surrounded with other believers yeah. that are praying in the Spirit. But I want to encourage you that if you are in that back and forth, I desire the things of God, but I desire the things of the world, and you just feel like you're in that place of, of being convicted and you just want more, God has more for you. He has it. it does. And it's a free gift that he hands out to you. Yeah. Don't let fear or logic or the unknown and uncertainty stand in the way of it. Because when you surrender to him in your life, it is beautiful what Amen. plays out.
0: Amen. Thank you. Thank you so much, Amanda. Thank you so much. We're going to take a moment here and begin to close out the service. Thank you for those testimonies. It's so good to hear um. Uh, people's experiences with the word of God and of course everybody's experience is different Uh, we do this just to encourage you Uh, and I do believe the Holy Spirit has encouraged I believe the Holy Spirit is calling people drawing people to himself for you to know him in a greater way and so father we just I thank you Lord we thank you Lord for the Holy Spirit Mm -hmm. I thank you for your presence in this place. I thank you for your anointing. I thank you that you are the revealer of truth. Without you, Holy Spirit, we we could understand nothing, but yet you dwell in us to reveal the deeper things of God, the things that have been freely given to us by you. And Father God, I pray that there are people in this place today that have never been filled with the Holy Spirit, but you would continue to draw them, that they would just lay down whatever it might be, fears or traditional thinking, things that would block them from the blessing that you have for them to give them. So, Father, I pray after the service, sometimes just having hands laid upon a person, just like it was in Scripture, makes it easier for that gift to come forth. Father, draw people. By the power of your spirit to know you and be filled. And I thank you, Father. If there's any I just want to give a quick invitation to know Christ. If there's anybody in here, or even at the sound of my my voice over uh, the internet, if you wonder if you're born again, if you've ever been made a new creation in Christ. You can be sure of your salvation when you repent of your sin, turn from your sin, ask Jesus to forgive you, ask him to make you new. And so let's just pray a prayer like that. Maybe you're feeling drawn if you want to be saved. Father God, I thank you that you offer your salvation freely to those who will come to you with a repentant heart. And so just you could say from your heart, Jesus, forgive me of my sin forgive me of my past I'm asking you to make me a new creation in Christ that I be born again of your spirit that old things would pass away and all things would become new and all things would be of God and I thank you that you're faithful Lord as I make that confession of faith in you you're faithful Lord to save so I thank you Father for saving my life today